Well, uh, everybody ready for some word today? Amen, amen. If you haven't done it yet, if you have your phone with you, and if you haven't done it yet, uh, would you do that? Go in there to your either Facebook or, or YouTube and share this service and say this is awesome or something. Like it. It's our easy way to evangelize the world. Amen. It gets on more eyes when we take it out and, and do that. I already did that this morning before I came out. So, amen. <laughs> Praise God. Appreciate everyone helping to reach the world. Thank you, Lord. Next week, uh, I'm going to uh, share with you, I believe next week, that's my plan, next week a new series uh, about the values mission and vision of this house all right and uh so i look forward to sharing that with you next time and uh that'll be good amen we are life church thank you lord today if you if you have your bible go with me to the book of mark chapter five and that's just coincidental that i go to the book with my name i'm not biased towards books with my name. <laughs> amen, amen. I, I've, been, I've been teaching the last, uh, well, several weeks. This will be part 10. I thought it would be, I thought I'd just do like five or something when I went into it. But I've been teaching a series called Healing Basics. And so it's amazing how many individuals, even believers, Christians, who are unaware of the basics of healing, and it's something we need in these days. Uh, so I want to get into this one more time at least, probably, that's the plan, <laughs> one more time today, because uh, healing is both an event and a lifestyle, all right? My hope is that you get it. All right, get it up here, get it in here, and then from there you live it. I don't want to just have a good doctrine. I don't just want to have a, have a, a, a theoretical life of, of victory in the physical realm. Uh, I want to literally and genuinely walk in God's blessing of health. All right, it is a blessing from God. Yeah, disease and sickness and premature death is a curse. It's, con- it's connected to sin, It's been said it's the foul offspring of father Satan and mother sin. I don't want anything to do with it. And I don't like pain. <laughs> There's that too. But, uh, but, I, but we, we've seen it in the Word of God. But due to this need for ongoing connection with God's life, we must have some healthy habits in our lives that prepare us for attack and, and basically bolster our spiritual immune system, all right? When, when you say, what about my physical immune system? I think that's connected, actually. When you're spiritually strong, that aids your physical ability to fight off uh, attack, yeah? But what happens, sometimes we put all of our attention on the physical, okay? And again, I'm not saying there's nothing there. I'm just saying the source should be spiritual, when I say all of our attention on the physical, just vitamins and diet and exercise and just looking at it from a physical standpoint, uh, I'm not implying that's, there's anything wrong with that. I need to go further than that. I've known some of the most healthy people from what we can understand as, as that approach 
who die in their 50s. There's no guarantee just because someone, you know, has a, uh, a good diet and then they take care of them. We need more than that. We need spiritual power. We need spiritual immunity. Okay, and, and, and so there's some things that we can do. If you want to live in God's best for your body, uh, learn how to do two things, all right? Two things and do this throughout your life and do this on occasion and do some of this repeatedly. And I'll share those two things uh, with you uh, t- today. The first one is this. Respond quickly to symptoms or negative reports. Respond quickly. If you will learn, now I'm, I'm, I'm presenting this with the expectation that you have the foundation I've laid the last nine weeks. If you don't, you can still get it. Okay. Having said that, you know some things. You have some word invested in your heart. When faced with opposition, symptoms, or even a bad report of something wrong with you, respond quickly to that. Respond quickly. There's a temptation to either ignore a problem, just kind of act like it's not there. I'm not going to look at it, not going to look at it. If I don't, you know, if I don't acknowledge it, then it's not real. Well, some things are. (laughs) Uh, I'm not talking about making something up in your mind, but people either ignore a problem or they go to the other extreme and they totally freak out. (gasps) They said this. Oh, I have this pain. I have this. It could be. And they go to the, they're, they're, they're totally operating in fear. All right. I want to avoid both sides of that. If something's real, I don't want to ignore it. I want to do something about it. All right. If something is real, I don't want to freak out about it and live in fear either. Uh, I want to have a cool, calm, deliberate faith response to the enemy's work. I don't have to freak out. I don't have to call everybody. No. I believe God. I have faith in his word. I'm not, everything's going to be fine. And I'm going to deal with it appropriately and on purpose. Amen. My, uh, our neighbor has these aspen trees growing in his yard. And they're nice trees and nice and tall and look good. And then they come up in his yard, and they come up in our yard. <laughs> I mean, in the grass. <laughs> I mean, in the flower beds. And, and where do you, I didn't plant these trees. What are you doing in my yard? <laughs> they come up without asking. <laughs> Zero permission. And uh, we were walking by the other day, and uh, seeing some of these come up, they're getting to be good size. <laughs> and uh, Amy said, I tried to get them out. I didn't have the enough strength. She said, you're going to have to do that. And so I went out there and (laughs) I couldn't get them out either. (laughs) Uh, These are too big. They're going to be cut now. (laughs) But but how many know if we would have got, if we would have gotten to them right away when they were real small, she could have pulled them out. I could have pulled them out. Wendy could have pulled them out. Maybe Hercules could have pulled them out. That's our chihuahua. Uh, uh, 
you know, we could have gotten them out easy, but now we waited a little bit too long and it's a little more, it takes a little more effort, a little more work now, okay? When it comes to uh, spiritual attacks and, and physical things in your body, it also would do us well to jump on it quick. People wait too long. And I don't mean they can't, I don't mean it's the end. Your heart's still beating, it's not the end. But I mean, it would do us well to have a healthy practice of jumping on things. I know in my experience, personally, when I've had little pains jump up here and there, when I jump on it quick and, say, and just nope in Jesus' name. Yeah, very easy, very quick. You know, symptoms of any, of any kind. When I'm quick, when I'm aggressive, right away, they, it seems like they never take root. And I'll go years without symptoms. And I say years without symptoms for longer than almost a minute. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe a couple hours, but I jump on it quick and gone. But if I don't, then it's like, ah, it's this, what's the deal? Why is it pushing back so hard? Got roots. And so I want to encourage you to act quickly. Uh, In Mark chapter five, did you find it? Bibles, Bible apps. Mark chapter 5, notice with me verse 22, uh, 522, and behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet, at Jesus' feet, and begged him earnestly, saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death, come lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. How many think that, those are faith words right there? You can tell this guy has faith. He's using absolute statements. He's saying this is the way it is. He's acknowledging a real problem. His daughter is very sick. She could die. He said, Jesus, we'll just do this. You come. You lay your hands on her. Everything's going to be just fine. Amen. That's the way we ought to talk. Yeah? And uh, uh, we want to jump down now to verse... 35 to pick up the story because he was in faith, but he did not expect what was going to happen next. He got blindsided. Verse 35, while he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? So that's a blindside. I I was, I mean, I would, Jay Iris, I can imagine thinking, I knew she could be healed. I knew if Jesus got there, I believe in the laying on of hands on that power that would go out of him. My daughter would be healed. I didn't know. I, man, I wasn't planning to deal with my daughter being dead. And you can imagine the, the turmoil going on in his mind right now. I mean, he is faced with a, a devastating situation. And again, he, he had faith for healing. I don't know about this. I, I mean, have you ever been there? It's like, I can believe God for this, but then I got hit with this. I don't know if I can deal with that. And, you, so, and, 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 and so I'd say, well, how do you know all that was going on in his head? Well, one, I'm a human being, <laughs> and we know how, how we think. And, and, but also I can see it because of Jesus' response to him. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, everybody say, as soon. As soon. So that means right away, immediately, as soon as that word came, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. Why did Jesus confront it immediately to give no opportunity for that thing to take root? Yeah. 
to give no place for fear to all of a sudden get in there and, and, and ruin this opportunity for a miracle. He jumped on it very quick. He looked at him and said, listen, man, do not fear. Right now, only believe. He grabbed his attention and kept him in the, the arena of faith instead of getting caught up in the emotions of the situation. And Jesus knew how this worked. This is not just Jesus filling in space in the Bible again. He knew this man's response right now is critical to the end result. If he does not grab hold of himself immediately, he's going to drift off and ruin this miracle. If that wasn't the case, why is he even saying this? Say, well, Jesus would just take care of it. No. The very fact that he got this guy, guy's faith on board and brought him back reveals that it was necessary. Our immediate response to a bad report is critical to what happens next. Everybody with me today? Maybe there's some folks here you've gotten a bad report. Maybe you've heard some things. Maybe you've felt some things. You're here for a reason. And the Lord is saying, not right now, you need to jump on that. Right here, right now, don't put it off. You make your decision and you get in faith about this. Amen. We have to refuse to accept what disagrees with God's word. And we have to do it quick. Okay, now understand this. That doesn't mean you rebuke the doctor. They brought me this report. They said I have this. That doctor is not the devil. <laughs> you understand, they're telling you what they see. That man or woman, they're telling you what they see, what they observe, and what they know from the physical side. That, that, okay, you, you don't have to correct anyone. When I say jump on this quickly... Take the report, say thank you very much, and then step back and say, no, Lord, we're not taking this. Amen. Absolutely not. I believe you're bigger, you're stronger, you're greater, and your word is true, and this will not be the, the final report on this matter. I, I, I'm not accepting this in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 37, and he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Interesting. You notice Jesus didn't want as many people as possible. Well, let's get everyone praying. This is a tough situation. We want to get everyone praying. Put this out on social media. Uh, let's let's get, get all the prayer teams going because the woman, I mean, the, the, the daughter, uh, she was sick and now she died. We got to get everyone working on this. See, Jesus thought about these things differently than many modern day Christians. You know, people talk about bombarding the gates of heaven. The gates of heaven are open. <laughs> We're going to storm heaven. Your own house? <laughs> I mean, you, the name of Jesus opens things wide up. We have the key. Go on in. <laughs> We've been invited to the throne of grace, so don't act like God's your opposition. If we get enough people, we can get God to care about this as much as we do. <laughs> Jesus is the one who died. Jesus is the one who gave his life. He's already on your side. But Jesus recognized spiritual principles and how they work. He said, yeah, you guys, you come with me. The rest of you, 
you stay. Go to lunch. Enjoy your afternoon. You three, you guys can help. You see some things that we should follow in that? I'm surrounded by people who don't believe in this. Get away. You're in a critical moment. Get away from them. That doesn't mean you don't love them. doesn't mean you're rude to them. I just need some time alone with my inner circle here. I've got these folks. I need to get around them. I need to, I've got this, my life group, and I'm going to tell them. You know, or I've got my, my couple of friends. I'll talk. They'll help me. But I don't need everybody to know right now. It's not about uh, making everyone feel good. It's about life and death. Verse 38, then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. Yikes. When he came in, he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. There Jesus goes again, acting like death is temporary. (laughs) And they ridiculed him. They ridiculed him. How is that helping right now? But when he had put them all outside, that's what you do with people who act like that. You guys, out of the house. Get out right now. Out. You take your weeping, your wailing. You take your unbelief, and you get out right now. He put them all outside. He took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was lying. Okay, again, that's what we do with people full of unbelief. Get them away right now. All right. Then he took the child by the hand and said to her, uh, Talitha Kumai, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise immediately. The girl arose, for she was 12 years of age, and they were overcome with great amazement. But he commanded them, saying that no one should know it, and, and, and said that something should be given her to eat. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for that. <laughs> Apparently, there is a natural side to some of these things as well. But notice again... He put them away. He, he just took his small circle. Then he got put all the unbelieving whalers outside. And then she was raised up. And he still told the parents, he said, don't be talking about this right now. So, so well, why, why, would, why would he do that? Well, one, they had great amazement. So their, their faith wasn't like super strong still. They're like, Wow. Okay, what you don't want them talking. What's going to happen is they start talking to all the whalers outside, everyone else, and people start questioning. Oh, is that real? Are you sure? She wasn't even really dead. Let me see the certificate. And people start feeding in doubt and unbelief about whether these things are really real. Before you know it, the parents could, have, could join right in, start questioning themselves, and the girl would relapse. Jesus knew what he's doing. Okay, and it's not just about things. Or it's either done or it's done. Man, we're involved in this. Yeah. Our response to these problems really does matter. Okay, and who we surround ourselves with is critical to our future. Yeah, that's one reason we gather today. It is smart to rub shoulders with people of faith. It is smart to get around people who love God. And I know we're at all different levels, and you may be saying, well, that's not me. But you are smart to be here. Because 
I tell you, we will have a positive effect upon you. You get around us long enough and you're going to be as happy as we are. <laughs> you'll, live for, you'll live for God because you want to. Not because you just feel obligated or guilty or something. You'll want to. <laughs> you'll be saying he's worthy of my praise. You'll be saying to God be the glory for he has done great things for me and I am glad. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So that was number one. <laughs> number one, if you want to walk in this, respond quickly. Have a correct, immediate response. All right? Deal with things as soon as you know. Apply the word of God. Speak the word of the Lord. Declare what the Lord has said. Declare the victory that Jesus has given you. Give God praise when you wake up. Give God praise all day long. Come on. Every opportunity you get, say, thank you, Jesus, that it is well with my soul. And not only that, it is well in my body because he has made me whole. Hallelujah. And then... Secondly, I want to encourage you to do this and do this all the time is use your words. Use your words. When our kids were small, very small, first learning, you know, first at that talking age, um, we would find sometimes that they would uh, want something want something to eat or want something. And so they would point at it and grunt. <laughs> and because we knew they had the ability at that point to articulate at, on some level, we would say, no, use your words. You ask for what you want. You tell us what you need. And then even later on, there were times when there were emotional breakdowns. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me. Uh, and, uh, and it was also stated then, instead of freak out, instead of end of the world, no, use your words. Let's have a conversation. Let's talk about this. All right. Instead of being overcome, by the feeling of the moment, let's be very intentional and use our words. Okay. One of the most fundamental ways to remain strong in faith, specifically for healing, is to speak God's word regularly. To speak it. Not just think it. Not just understand it, but I'm talking about using your mouth out loud, declare the word of God. Say what God says about you, about your body, about your, I could go on and say other things, but that's our focus. Say what God says about your body. I don't mean just when there's a problem. This is not just the reaction or the response to a bad report or a symptom of some pain. This is, this is something we use when we feel great, when everything's fine. We feel like, I'm doing good. Okay, while you're feeling good, let me encourage you 
to use your words. Use your words to speak God's word and say it about yourself. Say it regularly. Say it consistently. Say it habitually. Amen. Smith Wigglesworth was famous for saying, if you wait to get faith until you need it, you're too late. But how many of us live in reactionary mode? I'm cruising or I'm in neutral, just kind of coasting until something major blows up, some problem, and then where are my scriptures? Where's that message? I got to get myself built up. Well, you're right, you do, and I'll help you and I'll be there for you, but it would have been better come on. if you'd have been in church the last six months come on. Come on. before the report instead of the six months following the report. It just would have. I'm not mad at anybody. We have mercy and compassion. But if we're going to be smart, we recognize we live in a rough and tumble world. There is a real thief who, who is out to take you out. A real devil who wants to destroy you. We know that. So we prepare. We keep ourselves built up. Amen. Thank you, Lord. You might be familiar with this well-known verse of Scripture, Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit, who love the tongue, who recognize the power therein. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Those are the most extreme things that we deal with, life and death. Everything else we face, every struggle is less than that somehow. It's a measure of death, a measure of life. And if the very extremes of life and death are in the power of the tongue, I would definitely say that disease and health and victory in that area is also in the power of the tongue. Wow. Do you notice it didn't say that these things are in the power of God? Life and death are in the power of God. God controls who lives and dies. Nope, that's not what that verse said. Say, that messes with my theology. I know. (laughs) But it didn't say that. We're just reading the word. Life and death are in the power of the, the tongue. So that means that you can talk yourself into life or you can talk yourself into the grave. Amen. Your words are leading you down one path or the other. And to not recognize the power that God has invested in the spoken word is to our own detriment. We must see and then use this. Your words will save you or they will kill you. Amen. So, A good question here is, what does the Word of God say about your body? What does the Word of God say about your body? If you know, good for you. If you don't, giddy up. (laughs) But what does it say? Now, here's the next question. If you know what God says about your body, what do you say about it? Because ultimately, it doesn't even matter what God says about it if you're going to contradict him. 
he could say good things about you all day long. Good things about your body and good things about your mind and good things about your future and about your life and about your provision. And if you disagree with him, then you, <laughs> how many know that's a problem? <laughs> ultimately, we get what we say, not what he says. Yeah, now I can't interrupt the ultimate plan of God for the, for the whole you know, universe with my words. I'm not that powerful. I can definitely interrupt the plan of God for my life with my words. He set the system up that way. He created this where my experience would not just be controlled by what he said, but by what I said. And that's why there is tremendous value in getting his words in our mouth. When you agree with him by saying what he says, and you say it again, you say it again, you say it again. Why do I need to repeat it? Why do I need to do this day after day? Because we are constantly confronted with feelings. We're constantly confronted with symptoms. We're, we're confronted with reports. We're confronted with wicked and evil. And evil. We're, if you turn on the news, you're conf confronted with all that stuff. And it's so easy to say the opposite of what God says. Well, I have a this. Well, I am a this. What verse? What verse were you quoting there? First imaginations, you know? What, 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 what verse? Where did God say what you say like all the time? I don't mean if something negative comes out of your mouth once and it's just going to happen. Well, the problem goes more to this. It's what we say all the time. It's what we say regularly. It's what we think and meditate on and then what comes out of our mouth. When you do that regularly, you're setting yourself up to live or die. And so not just what you think, what do you actually say about your body? Well, the doctor said, no, I didn't ask what the doctor said. What did God say? And then what do you say? You well, the internet says, <laughs> I looked this up. I looked this up on the interweb. <laughs> and, and it said, well, my body's been telling me. And they say, listen to your body. That is not a verse either. <laughs> you just need to pay attention to your body. Quit. Who are we serving here? How many know, most of us know what the word of God has to say about salvation. We know what Jesus did for us. We know uh, he died. We know he's, he's alive. We know what it says about salvation. But how many know what, uh, whether someone is actually saved or not is not tied to what God has said about salvation. It's tied to what they say. I mean, God has to start it, but thank God he did. Jesus already died. But Jesus can die and be raised from the dead and be seated at the right hand of the Father, and I go to hell. Yep. Even though he defeated hell, death, and the grave, the devil, all the curse, he defeated it all, I could still miss out on all of that. Why? Because it's not just about what God said. It's now, now it kicks over to me. He said it, now he looks for my response. He said it, now he's going to see what I say. Because if he says one thing and I say the opposite, I get what I say, not what he says. Yeah. And so it takes some effort, takes some work, takes some intention. I'm going to find what the Lord said, and I'm going to say that. I'm going to say it today, and I'm going to say it tomorrow, and I'm going to say it the next day, and I'm going to say it the day after that. In fact, I think I'll just talk this way. I'll sneak it into conversations. I'll sneak it into my writing and my posting, and I'll, I'll just try to get it everywhere. Almost like I believe it. 
Go to James, if you would. James chapter 3. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. He's helping us get the right things out today. And just, just that. We could go for a long time, but... James chapter 3 is a famous passage about the tongue. Verse 2 reads, For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, in word, he is a perfect man, also able to bridle the whole body. So, so you, keep, you keep control of your mouth, you keep control of your life. Right? So I just, I, I, I just can't keep, keep control of myself. I'm just out of control. Watch your mouth. That's the source of this. If you, can, if you can start guiding your words, which by the way, you, that actually starts with the heart. So you fill your heart so your mouth overflows with good things. Nevertheless, you see the principle. Okay, verse three. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us and, and we turn their whole body. You know how that works. A horse, a very powerful being. I can control it with a bit. Verse 4, look also at the ships, although they are so large and driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. So, think about the ship. If you are going to turn a ship around, it's got, you know, you got the rudder in the back. How many know a ship is not going to turn around on a dime? Maybe a little small skiff you could turn around quickly. A ship is going to take some turning and some turning and some holding in that, in that place. And it's going to take some time to get that ship going in a different direction. All right? The rudder is the mouth. Sometimes if people have been talking a certain way, especially for a long time. Their life is going the way of their mouth. What do they need to do? Start saying different things. And what? Just say it once. (sighs) Make a good confession in church and then go all day long and all week long talking about the problem? No, that's a... You're not on a jet ski here. You're on on a ship. It takes speaking and continued new way of talking. Use your words. Well, my life is not what I wanted it to be. That's okay. We've all been there. Now use your words. I need my life to go a different direction. Start saying it. And keep saying it. Well, it doesn't look like it's changing. It's a big ship. No personal, you know, implications there. It's going to take, this is not just a one and done. I mean, I confessed the Lord Jesus when I was very young. I got saved. You know how many times I've said Jesus is Lord since? I don't mean I lose my salvation. You know how that works. But it's still, you say it, and then you continually say it the rest of your life. I've been saying Jesus is Lord for a while. I tell him privately. I tell him publicly. I tell other people. Come on. Why? That's just the way my ship goes now. My life goes that direction. And when we're tempted to think otherwise, other than God's healing word, 
grab your mouth and say, no, I'm turning this baby around. No matter what I feel, no matter what it looks like, I'm going to keep saying what the Lord said about my, about my body. Amen. Keep speaking God's word. You're familiar with Mark eleven twenty four. Maybe some of you are. Mark eleven twenty uh, three actually. Mark eleven twenty three, where Jesus taught faith in that chapter. Verse twenty three: For surely I say to you, whoever thinks about the mountain, right? No, whoever says to the mountain, "Be removed and be cast into the sea," and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he, which he what? He says, not he thinks, not he just acknowledges. What he says, he believes that what he says, he believes the words in his mouth contain power, believes the words he says will be done. He will have whatever, who says? God says? No, whatever he says. God has spoken. And God will speak to you in your heart. Agree with him and say what he says. I mean, there have been times I'm praying. I'm, I'm just walking, walking with the Lord praying, and it, it, he impresses something upon me. I, we can say he says it, but a lot of times his speaking is not that dramatic. It's like the Lord saying this, so I just say it. Sometimes I say, Lord, I don't really understand that, but I'm going to say what you say. I agree with you. I don't even know how that's going to work. I don't know how that's possible. I'm agreeing with you. And we learn to use this most powerful tool we have, the power of our words. And we use it to say, you get, according to Jesus in this verse, whatever you say. So, man, I tell you, I really don't want to help someone in regards to healing. Someone comes and says, Pastor, I'm struggling with this, or I got this report, or I got this issue, or I got this, this problem, this pain. I don't want to minister to them if they're going to contradict everything I say to them. Right. If I say, well, the Lord said this. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. If I say, well, God said this. Good news, God said this. Yeah, but they said. <laughs> Why are you even talking to me? You're going to override everything I say by what someone else said or what you feel. Someone's got to have the final word. I say, let God be true and every man a liar. I, I say the word of the Lord is more powerful than anything we feel. We know what others say. What does God say? And, and then the, that's the most important, I guess, most important, the starting point. But then the very next statement is, what do you say? God said this about me. What do you say about you? Well, I said that. I tried that. Stop it. You're still alive. That means your voice is still controlling your life. And if you did a quick turn and didn't see in a, a, you know, a new horizon, keep talking. Keep talking. Keep speaking the word of the Lord until you turn around. Oh, hallelujah. My life has changed. My life has been rearranged. Glory to God. Amen. We got another service. Peter said, for he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Amen. Say this out loud with me. Say, my faith in God's word makes me whole. The life of God works in my body continually. 
the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me and gives life to my body. By Jesus' stripes, I was healed. If I was, then I am right now. Every organ, every tissue of this body functions perfectly. I am strong in the Lord and the power of his might. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Every disease, German virus that touches my body dies instantly in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Those statements are just examples of us quoting the word, tailor-making it, and putting it in first person. Yes. You could do that all day long. You find a verse and say, ooh, that's good. Now change the, the, the pronouns in there and, and put yourself in there. And that's me. Oh, and that's my future. And that's what I believe. And many times you'll find it's contradictory to what you currently see and feel, but you're making a choice and saying, I believe it anyway. I'm going with God. I'm not going with me. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for working in us today. Thank you for your life, your mighty power.